Thank you for tuning in to Beyond the Dais, a podcast about the stories taking place in and around El Paso County, Colorado. I'm your host, Scott Anderson, and my guest today is Cass Walton, the executive director of the Pikes Peak Suicide Prevention Partnership. How are you doing today, Cass? I am doing really well. Great. Great. Thank you for having me today. I really appreciate it. I'm really glad to be here. <laughs> so uh, today we'll be talking about some of the programs associated with Pikes Peak Suicide Prevention Partnership and how they're putting American Rescue Plan Act grant funds to good use here in the El Paso County community. Uh, but first, I wanted to let our listeners know that if you're interested in more stories about ARPA funding throughout El Paso County or hearing from county leadership about local government priorities and how they operate, you can find additional episodes of this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, but to get into things, I was wondering, Cass, if you could start off by sharing a bit of your background and how you came to be here at the Suicide Prevention Partnership. Sure. So I have been working in human services in El Paso County since 2002 or okay. something like that. So a really long time. Mm -hmm. I've worked um, mostly with youth and families among many different organizations um, in their kind of on their leadership team. I came to Pikes Peak Suicide Prevention in 2019 as the executive director after volunteering here for oh, okay. a number of years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my heart just became really impassioned about suicide prevention um, during 2015 through about 2017. Our local community was so greatly impacted by youth suicide, and it was hard for me to wrap my head around. And so I submitted a volunteer application. The executive director at that time contacted me and was like, why do you want to volunteer here? <laughs> <laughs> and um, she quickly started accessing me as a resource and really became an important mentor for me. And so she actually passed away a couple of years ago, and so I feel like I'm kind of um, carrying her torch and continuing the work that has been needed to be done in El Paso County uh, with suicide prevention. Nice. No, I really like that. Uh, so on the website, uh, there's actually a really good uh, profile about you. People can get to know you pretty well. One of the things that I was able to learn is that you actually are a, the queen of karaoke, as I understand. <laughs> yeah. I, I was wondering if you have a favorite song that you like to perform. Um, it just depends on my mood Fair. on yeah, that sure. day. Uh -huh. I really um, love Killing Me Softly, Fuji's version. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Or um, Don't Stop Believing. Okay, sure. Another classic. Sure. Uh, how did how did you get the moniker the Queen of Karaoke? Is this a self uh, given title or? Um, that is what happens when you ask your daughter, who's a senior <laughs> in high school, to write your bio. Mm. Very and nice. then it just gets passed around and passed around different versions of it. And so <laughs> I've edited that out of there a couple of times. Uh, it seems to keep finding its way back in. I think, you know, people think it's funny. That's okay. <laughs> well, I, I certainly enjoyed it. Moving on, I was wondering if you could now share a bit of background about the Suicide Prevention Partnership itself, uh, how long that they've been here in the El Paso County region, and what is the main mission of the organization? The Suicide Prevention Partnership was originally started in 1993 by three local women whose lives had been really personally impacted by suicide. Um, and the mission of Pikes Peak Suicide Prevention Partnership is to unite the community in addressing suicide prevention through education, intervention, and postvention, and um, you know to do that across the Pikes Peak region. Mm -hmm. And approximately, how many people do you serve, and in what communities do you serve? So we are based out of Colorado Springs in El Paso County, and so we try and um, serve all of El Paso County. We serve ages six and up, mm 
Mm-hmm. And that's really the limitation of our demographic. We really um, open our doors to anyone and everyone because suicide is something that does not discriminate. Um, and then in addition to that, we serve Teller County, Pueblo County, and we try and go out into some of the rural communities out east. And, and how do you best communicate with those rural communities? Our intention with rural communities is to understand that they are going to be more open to us if we are a familiar face. Mm-hmm. So we try to get involved with things that are already happening there, you know, joining coalitions that are already going on. Maybe they have monthly community meetings and we try and attend those. We try to pay attention to the events that are happening and just join events that are already happening. And that way we're not asking people to make a special trip. Right. Um, and we're able to be surrounded by other folks who they are also familiar with. Very good. Uh, so can you talk about how important it is then for this organization to be seen as a pillar within these communities? The thing that sets Pikes Peak Suicide Prevention Partnership apart is that for most programs, suicide prevention is a small component of Mm -hmm. what they do. And for us, it's what we do. It's the primary thing that we are focused on. And it's such an umbrella of services. When we are providing services, we are doing that through the lens of reducing deaths by suicide. And so when we are saying, you know, how can we support a young person who's at risk of suicide, we're looking at it in a way of what are all of the different protective factors or risk factors that could um, impact risk here. Mm -hmm. And we're able to do that with a lens of prevention that allows us to then connect them to community partners who do other things with the idea that what we're trying to do here is increase their protective factors to reduce their suicide risk. Mm -hmm. And it's just a different, very intentional way of addressing suicide prevention. And it also allows for the community to have a point of reference. So when they need information that's specific to suicide prevention, we are that place that they can come to. When they need training that is specific to suicide prevention, we are the trainers who can provide that. And if they just have something that they feel like, you know, we we want there to be a component of suicide prevention here, we're not sure what that should look like. We are the team that can say, hey, let's sit down with you. Let's take a look at what you're trying to do and let's see if we can help you figure it out. Mm -hmm. And what are some of those markers that people should be looking out for in the event that it is something that they need to be aware of? Suicide prevention is something that everyone should be thinking about proactively. When we look at other organizations whether it's a church or an employer really of any kind, schools, faith organizations, you don't want to be thinking about suicide prevention after the fact when tragedy has occurred. That's like the hardest time. And so first, just having this awareness across our community that it's something that we need to think about because there's not a person in this community who is not impacted by this, Mm -hmm. even if it is in more of a kind of superficial way. And it is best to have proactive plans in place Mm -hmm. to be able to address the needs that arise um, to both prevent suicide and to respond to suicide. Uh, So after submitting your grant request to El Paso County, uh, the Suicide Prevention Partnership was awarded $93,200 of ARPA funding. Uh, Can you talk to me about what that money has gone to fund? Yes. So after I submitted that grant, one, I like 
wiped the sweat off my brow <laughs> because that's the largest grant application I've ever submitted. And then two, what it did for us was it really increased our ability to serve. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were able to cover the salary of our in-house therapist and program coordinator, oh, wow. as well as hire on um, a general kind of office manager person who um, other small nonprofits will understand this, but we give those general um, titles because everyone here is a jack of all trades. Sure, and sure. so, you know, this officer manager person has been certified as a trainer in several different suicide preventions. She's a trained uh, peer support volunteer. She helps us organize everything and keep our social media up to date. And so it's really just allowed us to interact with the community at a much higher level, as well as, you know, paying our in-house therapists. Last year, we were able to offer um, 960 individual therapy sessions free oh, wow. of charge. Wow. So yeah, 960, that's certainly a lot. And I'm wondering if maybe you can share a uh, personal story or two from those 960 individuals that you've been able to help since you received the ARP funding. You know, it's really common when you have individuals who are um, kind of falling into that category of chronically suicidal. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when they stumble into our doors, they've already been to several different therapists. They've tried a lot of different things. And so for them to end up here and for us to be able to re-engage them in the therapy system is a really big deal. For someone to be really considering suicide, you know, they feel really trapped into a corner, like they've exhausted everything they know. And so what I've seen happen here with more than one of our program participants is they come here just feeling really defeated, Mm -hmm. kind of like, yeah, I came here. I'm not really sure it's worth it. I don't really think there's anything that you can try that no one else has tried. And I think that because they um, do find a different approach here, we're very relational, we're very trauma-informed here. Um, It just helps us to empower these individuals to choose to stay. And that is just a profound thing to watch, to watch someone who, when you first meet them, you know, they're really very strongly considering uh, not moving forward, not um, not living the next day. And, you know, to receive messages like, this is the anniversary of the day that I decided to live, um, to hear people talking groups, you know, I'll come to some of our peer support groups and just check in and sit in and people will tell me things like this group saved my life. And you just have to think our doors say Pikes Peak suicide prevention on them. Mm -hmm. So that means that anyone who is walking through here, like it's not a secret what's going on. And so it's just really, um, really beautiful to watch people come together to fight to stay another day, to access the resources that um, truly provide them with some relief and some support. And then most of our program participants then turn around and become volunteers here and help other people. And so watching that kind of full circle effect, there's nothing like it. Yeah. And I was wondering too, certainly working in this arena has got to be taxing on you, on, on your staff. How are you and your staff able to take those wins and then have that propel you forward into continuing to change more lives for the better. What we are very conscious of are the numbers that cannot be recorded, Mm -hmm. right? You'll never know how many lives were saved 
What we do know is that one death by suicide impacts like 115 people mm-hmm. on average. And so when we look at the folks who come to group, and maybe we have a group of eight, you know, in my head, I'm multiplying that by 115. Right. Every time someone shows up for a session, every time, you know, we talk with someone and we're able to connect them to a service that they've been struggling to access, I know that we're making a positive impact. To watch young people, you know, we have a set of sisters that have been coming here for grief group for like almost their whole high school now. And one of them is getting ready to graduate. And to watch them now, they're both, um, they both speak publicly about their experience. And one of them is very active on our teen advocacy board. And to watch that, it's just, those are the things that we focus on. Those are the things that we celebrate, even though it's hard when there are losses. Mm we just um, really use that to fuel our continued efforts. So you mentioned, you know, referring to other services and things. And I was wondering how has working with other nonprofit organizations in the area really benefited the programs that you guys are working on? Well, part of our mission here is to unite the community. And so as the executive director here, I take that very seriously. I sit as the co-chair on the Suicide Prevention Collaborative of El Paso County. And it's been pretty amazing to see the impact of collaboration in this community. In the past, when people said the word collaboration, they said that with like a roll of the eyes. (laughs) And, you know, you hear these things of like, oh, people are so siloed. And, um, And I'm just really happy to report that I've seen several really effective partner projects happen in the name of suicide prevention. We are booked out for so many partner presentations that we've created with NAMI and Diversus Mm -hmm. and our teen board talking about normalizing getting help and what are the coping tools that we have access to. We have um, our annual suicide prevention summit where this year, you know, we had a packed house. We had a great presentation and new organizations joining that collaborative every month. And so it's just been really neat to watch the increase in participants, you know, watching the increase in newsletter subscribers or the people Mm -hmm. who are paying attention on social media or to have a community forum where the house is packed versus, you know, sometimes I feel like when we do these like town hall things, I'm like a middle school girl, like, (laughs) please come to my party, (laughs) you know, and I feel like this is a community because of all of this collaboration, because we are accessing trusted messengers from different parts of the community a lot of different parts of our community are getting involved in this work. And so we're seeing a reach that we've never seen before. And for those who may not already be a part of that collaborative, what is the benefit to being, to joining that, to being a partner within that collaborative effort? You know, it's one of those things that it's, Part of the reason why our community has struggled to collaborate in the past because you see a need and you're like, let's address it. Mm -hmm. And what the collaborative does is it, we have kind of a group action plan that lists the community needs for suicide prevention and then a group community response plan so that we're not all pouring resources into the same thing Mm -hmm. so that we can honor the work that's already being done and we can refer people to where we know that that is happening in a good way. And we don't have to continually use resources to remake the wheel that three other people have already remade. That's just silly. Mm -hmm. And so now what the collaborative has done is it said, let's sit down together as a community 
together decide what our priorities are going to be and then divvy up this work in a way that makes best sense. Yeah, no, that's really great. And uh, to your point, I think as as many people as can work together as possible and like take different parts of that, because obviously something like suicide prevention or something like uh, mental health wellness within a community, if one organization is trying to take that on themselves, just overwhelming, right? Yeah. And And just probably not likely to get a whole lot accomplished. But when you're able to divvy out those different uh, tasks, if you will, uh, to other organizations and say, hey, what are you guys good at? Right. Okay. Like, how about you take this part of it? What are we good at? We'll take this part of it. Right. And then, you know, before you know it, you have an action plan like you were talking about for the entire community. And, you know, has, has that really been uh, one of those things that as an executive director for the suicide prevention partnership, has that been one of your goals is it broadening the scope of that organization? Yes. It's been a real focus of mine as far as just wanting Wanting for suicide prevention, because we know that it is something that impacts this entire community, that it be something that we then address as a community. That only makes sense to me. And there are so many smart people in this <laughs> yeah. in El Paso County and so many really great organizations doing strong, smart things. And so, you know, whenever there an idea comes up, the first thing, question that we always ask is like, is anybody doing this? Is anybody addressing it? And then taking a look at what they're doing, because usually, unfortunately, one of the um, challenges we have here is how do we get the word out to everyone about everything that's happening? And so just training yourself to ask the question, is this happening anywhere in our community already is a really great start because it really stops us from remaking the wheel. Now you've talked a little bit about some of the uh, some of the programs that you guys here have some of the classes or, or group sessions that you guys have here. I'm wondering if maybe you can expand on that a little bit to give people a really good idea of what they can expect if they do approach you for those services. Sure. So you can access our services either through calling us or on our website. We have a, a form you can submit. And um, really our staff, the first entry point is really resource navigation. You give us a call here, you let us know what's going on. We're going to listen to your story and then we're going to make some service recommendations. And some of those services might be here. You know, here we can provide free individual therapy. We have groups here. We have a peer volunteer, peer support program a teen mentor program, and we do a ton of education and awareness. And so if there's something that we offer here, you know, we'll let you know what that is. And then oftentimes there are other things that folks need. Part of our assessment process is doing an evidence-based quality of life inventory. And that is because a lot of times um, the things that you need to improve your quality of life are a number of different things to include maybe mental health services, but maybe you need increased supportive connections throughout the community, or maybe you're struggling somewhere financially or, Mm -hmm. you know, with food instability, or maybe you don't have any leisure activities or you don't have skills to go interviewing for a job. And so because we know there are so many different dynamics to the things that could impact our quality of life, we really try to listen to that full story, get an understanding of what those needs are, and then give you a really well-rounded service recommendation. And then our resource navigators take that extra step of, is that something you're interested in? We'll make that call for you right now. 
will remind you about your appointment. Do you want someone to go with you to your appointment? Do you need a ride to your appointment? Mm. We'll remind you about your appointment and then we'll follow up after to see how it went. (laughs) Really our goal is to remove all of the barriers to accessing the services and resources that someone might need and also to protect them, to protect them from those frustrating situations of getting placed on hold or, you know, maybe the person that's answering the phone, it's not their best day. And so we don't want that to be the first impression of this person who's gotten the courage to seek help. So we try and and protect them from all of those first interactions so that we can set them up for success and for a positive interaction as often as possible. And and what is that website for those who are interested? Sure, you can find us at pikespeaksuicideprevention.org. Very good. And for those who may not be seeking services, but may be listening and think, this is an organization I could see myself investing in, I want to help out. What way is best for those people to get in contact with you and to start helping out? Sure. So, you know, if you're old school and you just want to start off with giving us a call, you can call us 719-573-7447 and, you know, we'll answer the phone and give you a chat. Um, Or you can go on our website if you want to volunteer. There's a form you can submit. Basically, Almost all of our programs are facilitated by trained volunteers. Um, Or, you know, we always accept financial assistance as well. So we have a number of different events that happen throughout the year, including the Race Against Suicide and the annual Surviving the Storm Gala. Those are kind of our two big events. Mm -hmm. We also participate in the Give Campaign. So those are our three major fundraising opportunities. And then there are opportunities to donate across the year. Very good. And then is there anything else that you'd like to add that we haven't uh, discussed yet so far? I just always, anytime that I have the opportunity to be on any sort of platform, just remind folks, if you've never been through a suicide prevention training, it's so important. If when you hear me say those words, you're like, why would I need that information? And that's because at any time, any of us could identify someone is at risk. And if you are able to identify the warning signs and then you know what to do, then we can save lives. And that's really important. Well, thank you, Cass. I appreciate you taking the time today and for the work that you guys do here at Pikes Peak Suicide Prevention Partnership. Thanks for having us on here. Absolutely. If you're interested in listening to additional episodes of Beyond the Dais, you can search for us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. 